new on CuriosityStream. Have researchers figured out a mathematical formula for success? A clearer understanding of how success happens could lead us to change the rules. Gain a new perspective on getting ahead. It's science of success. And the U.S. won the space race, but not without help from the Nazis. They were just years ahead of us. Meet NASA's rocket scientists of the Third Reich on the moon landing and the Nazis. Watch now on CuriosityStream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. I don't even know what planet you're talking about right now. I mean, like, writing an offer with so conditions? Foreign. Conditions, <laughs> forget about it. That's insane. And we're going to talk about that later with BC's new, new, new legislation. Yeah. Um, no, just like everybody's complaining about affordability, but it seems to me, at least for now, before us Ontarians come and fuck it all up for you. Yeah, pretty it's much. Super affordable there. And not only that, that the pricing is in line with wages, which is like... Yep. Yeah. Like a, Which a is miracle. why interest rates aren't a threat, right? Here, interest rates are such a big threat for us because everybody's stretched out, right? The, the, the cash at the end of the month is so small, you can't tolerate any fluctuation in interest rates where in Saskatchewan, it's, it's a lot uh, easier. 4%, no problem. Mr. TK, good morning on a lovely Sunday in Canada. Is it Sunday already? Sunday like already. Every day is Sunday, or maybe every day is Wednesday. But I feel like Sunday is not today. I you know today feels just like an ordinary day where I got lots of stuff to do and uh, I get to start the day by talking to you. Why aren't you like bored from not having any showings and not selling anything and like no offers on any of your properties and all the prices just plummeting this week? Absolutely bored, bored uh, to sin. I mean, I would say right now it's lower than a typical spring for sure. Like I think there's just so much fear in the market. So I was just thinking about that this morning, like going into April, what was it like last year? And I don't know how many deals I did in April last year, but it was a ton. And you know, it's not looking so bright, in, you know, this year, which is what it is. I mean, the market does what it wants to do. And you just have to always make sure that you're doing everything you can to help the people that need help. And you, you figure uh, you make the most out of it. So things are, things are a shaken, Daryl. They're a shaken. A lot of fear in the market. We're going we're gonna to talk about a lot of fear. There's in the a lot of confusion Ooh. and fear. What's and going to happen? Is the party over? Is there no what party? more? What party? I wasn't invited to this party. Well, that's probably true, but mm, the party that we've all been having, like, is there any more punch in the punch bowl? Is the punch just punch? No more spiked punch for the party? Is think, there still a party? I think there's a party still going on, and I don't think that the party's going to end. But I think there's a lot of a lot less punch in that lot, lot, a lot less spike in that punch. A lot less punch I'm in the punch. On this analogy. Yes. Yeah. So you know, this one's suitable for probably that. for all ages. This punch now. Well, yeah. we have starting now. We have a wonderful show for you all. We have Great. a wonderful guest waiting in the green room patiently. We have a whole bunch of real estate news going on in Canada, coast to coast Canada, right now. Don't forget. We are the Canadian real estate show. We are the Canadian real estate do. show. There's a red button that they made red for us that you need to press right now. I believe it's somewhere around here. Hit it right now. Hit that like button and please let us know what you think. Tell us how much you disagree with our opinions in the comments below. We will bring him in, Mr. Mashu, Matt, Mashu, Mashu Pichu. Matthew Pfeiffer, the bald prairie realtor. He is just coming in. Hello, Matthew. Are you there? Hey, there he is. Whoa. Look at this setup. I wasn't expecting setup, eh? that. How many? He's got a lot of different rooms he can record in at 
at yep. that location. One room, one yeah. room different many angles, different angles. angles. It's actually yeah. only two walls. I'm in an unfinished basement right now, so the walls this way are unfinished. Awesome. Genius. Well genius. Done. That, that is Absolutely so COVID esque. So amazing. Yeah. So we have Mr. Pfeiffer here with us from Saskatchewan. He yep. is a realtor from what we gather. He has a huge following on YouTube, which is wonderful. Hopefully uh, some of his fans will watch our show and I'm sure some of ours watch his show. That's for sure. Definitely. So welcome to the show. Thanks How for having me. We, we, were, we were checking you out a while back. I know Daryl I've been and watching I, you for a while, yeah. Yeah, we've, we've, been, we've been following you for a while and we had some, uh, you know, we learn, right? I mean, we're, we're new to YouTube as of 2020 and obviously a lot of people are. And yep. uh, so we were always looking at, you know, who's doing it well, who is, who is able to, you know, edit the videos properly and have the right content and all that stuff. And you're, you were definitely on the list and you're doing a bang up job for Canadian real estate. And that's why you're getting the results that you do. So kudos to you. That. Thank you. And, and, and so as we're getting more guests on the show, we've recently rebranded as the Canadian real estate show instead of the center of Canada, which is Toronto. <laughs> and so we want to make sure that we've got a really good broad audience and broad guest lineup. And, you know, you're, I think you're perfect for the job today. So awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us uh, early on a Sunday morning too. With Mr. Pfeiffer from the Bald Prairie Real Estate channel on YouTube. And I mean, we've never talked to anybody from Saskatchewan. I kind of joke about Saskatchewan fairly regularly that, uh, are you real? We are real people. We are there really people 1. there? 1.2 million of us. Really? 1.2 million. That's not a lot of people for such a giant piece of land, is it? No, it is uh, very desolate at times. Yes. Very desolate. But what's the population and of Regina alone? Uh, about 275,000. Okay, so that's not bad. 10%. Yeah, that's, that's spread out. Yeah, that's spread out pretty well. Yeah, Regina's so how... 275. Regi uh, Saskatoon's about 300. So between those two cities, you got about half the population. And, and so, so how the heck have prices been going up in, in Saskatchewan even? We went through eight years of declining prices. Uh, we saw a huge boom, 06, 07, 08, basically. And then they continue to head upwards as our economy was very strong. A lot of people moving into the province. And then from 2012, 2019, we saw prices drop in Regina, about 25% as a citywide average. And then we've slowly been kind of getting our way out of that hole. We still have not fully recovered from that. Saskatoon mm -hmm. has, Regina has not. So prices can go down in Canada? I didn't think they that, that was possible. They do go down. Uh, I actually shot a video on that. But there's one area in Regina, one uh, smaller uh, segment and it's a higher crime neighborhood the prices dropped uh, about 70 percent in that neighborhood wow um, from the peaks I, of what? 06 07 uh from the peak of 2012 peak of 2012 that's 70 yeah when i first got in the business there was a condo i was selling and the guy was pissed off because we were giving it away at 185 i think was the price that same condo today sells for about 95 Oh my gosh. Wow. What a great deal though. That, that's why people are going there. I mean, a lot of people from Ontario are moving to Saskatchewan and they're overpaying for real estate. That. Uh, we're, I'm starting to get the investor calls guys going, okay, I can't cash flow in Ontario. I can't cash flow in the lower mainland. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to come to Saskatchewan. So we're definitely getting those phone calls now. There was a so, peak in 20, 2012. Yeah. That was when we peaked out. That's when you guys peaked out. Yeah, different economies. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like a totally different country. How, how what's the average days on market for you guys there? Uh, you know what? That's really really skewed. I think it's still about forty, but that's extremely forty um, days. Why is it less or more? So it's very segmented. Right now, if you have a house for us, single family in the four hundreds, which is probably our hottest price point in the city, uh, that average days on market is probably four. Um, whereas maybe if you have an apartment style condo, that might be 90. So it's extremely, mm. extremely segmented. Wow. Yeah. So you really have two different markets happening all at the same time, right? We, cause we still haven't fully recovered yet, uh, with our, our price drops and yes, our economy is, is starting to get back on track, but it's not entirely firing on all cylinders yet. I would say it, it is getting much better. Uh, but there was a huge oversupply of condos. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. those took a big beating. Uh, the less desirable neighborhoods for sure took a little bit of a beating, but the single family segment in our market. And so 400 ish 
buys you a very nice single family house in this city and you can kind of take your pick of really good neighborhood. So that stuff, yeah, you put it up on the market, it's gone right away. I, wow. I have a stupid question. What is the economy in Saskatchewan? Like what commodities. is it that people are doing? Commodities, commodities are a big thing. So, yeah. so uh, are you guys sector, booming now with the wheat prices? We are going to have a strong economy. I would expect, yes, wheat prices are up. Oil prices are up, natural gas. Uh, potash is a huge, huge part oh, of our economy. Right. Uh, uranium is big. Uh, so pulse crops actually is one of the big ones too that a lot of people don't realize. What's that? But lentils. Lentils. Um, okay. If you have ever had mustard with a hot dog, there's an extremely high chance you got it from Saskatchewan. I believe 35% of the world's uh, mustard supply comes out of Saskatchewan. Okay. So, so yeah, a lot of agricultural commodities and stuff like that too, which makes yeah, sense. Yeah. That's why uh, it's very mining flat. sectors is strong with potash. Um, you've got a forestry up north, so very commodity driven. And so when commodities are strong, our economy is strong. When commodities are weak, our economy is weak. And 06, 07, 08 was weird because everything went up in value at the same time, and then consecutively we kind of got kicked in the teeth with each one of our economies one after another. So obviously. The energy markets took a beating. Um, our agriculture uh, was hit in a few different segments. The pulse crop sector got crushed in 2015. Our biggest exporter is uh, India. And because of a political snafu, we had a 50% tariff slapped on Canadian uh, pulse crop exports to India. Uh, we lost a huge agriculture market, canola, which is a big product for us in China in, mm-hmm. it would have been 2018, 2019, mainly because of geopolitics. So we got one after another, we lost a lot of our economies and they all got hit with big problems. And so that hurt our real estate and our economy. What's the, what's the unemployment or the unemployment rate there? Uh, Regina, I just checked as of last month was 4.7. So we're getting back. We're, we're doing well. Good. Yeah. Wow. Better so than hold on, tell me what's a condo average price per square foot there? I, uh, if you want to buy a two bedroom, one bathroom type place, you're probably talking between 190 and 225. Uh, purchase price. Purchase, purchase price. price. Yeah. So that's probably yeah. going to be between 800 and a thousand square feet. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So like 300 bucks a square foot or something like that. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. And what about pre-construction? It, is there pre-construction? Is there any cranes in the sky? Right now, new construction is very quiet because we went through a big boom. And then when the bottom fell out, it was like the Oprah Winfrey show with new construction. You were getting your yard landscaped and your fence. (laughs) In fact, there was a time there was a builder giving away cars. I'm not kidding you. Oh, my gosh. It said you can't give away cars. Uh, You can do a draw, but you can't give away a car with a purchase. And uh, that took a long time for to get sorted out. So we saw a really big lull. I bet you new construction starts dropped 80 to 90%. It's starting to get going again. You can see the wheels in motion. You can see basements getting put in the ground. Uh, but of course, it's that lag time, right? By the time you decide you want to build something versus when it's actually occupied, there's a huge delay. So it's going to be a while before you see new construction really start to pick up. And that's one of the reasons resale has been very strong here. How, how, could, how could they possibly build something in Regina? When the prices are only a few hundred thousand dollars for a condo, that does not make it's not problem. cheaper to build in Regina, like much more than it is in Toronto. They so, have to pay you to take the land for any metric to even make any yeah, sense. The, 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 it'd have to be like publicly funded. We'll give <laughs> like, you $40 million to buy our <laughs> land so you can develop something on it. Yeah, it's yeah. going to take a while. It is getting better. You know, you can slowly see things. In fact, I've been telling people, it to me feels like 03, 04, 05 here, when you could feel the momentum starting to build in the province, you could see the wheels, the economy starting to turn and things were looking bright. It feels just like that again here. So, so, but we're having the exact opposite feeling here right now, aren't we, TK? It's a little doom and gloom here. Uh, and, but in what area though, Daryl? Doesn't it feel like the economy is doing well over here? Doesn't it feel like everyone's like prospering? Listen, I, mean, I, I was at Dave and Buster's it. last night and it did not yeah. seem like anybody was hurting for money. That's for damn sure. That place exactly. was slamming. Yeah. And, and like, you have to wait 90 minutes to sit at a table. 
Yeah. There are tables everywhere. I don't understand. But anyways, like, <laughs> it, no, but if you, if you listen to the real estate news, then mm-hmm. prices are coming off, rates are coming up, the market is cooling, everything's fucked. Now that- Oh my God, it's over. It's terrible. Yeah. Those headlines get people to read it, but uh, I'm not buying it, put it that way. I don't know. As you're talking, I'm sitting here going, this sounds like a lot of good reasons to start buying in Saskatchewan right now, right? Like, Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Right? You're getting a lot of investors, right? So you're saying that you're not getting a lot of calls from people saying, hey, I'm retiring and moving there, even though that's happening, but it's mostly investors, right? We're seeing, it's a little bit of everything. So our market for the last two years has been driven heavily by first-time home buyers and move-up buyers. I think like much like many from, places. From outside of the province? From inside. So you've got from people inside. who are okay, I need more space. And so they're moving up to a bigger house. And now a lot of young couples, and that's a huge part of my market, has been going on and saying, I need more space. I'm tired of my little crappy apartment. I'm tired of living in mom and dad's basement. I'm going to go buy my own place. And because of our prices where... $300,000, for example, buys you a very nice house, not a condo, a house. It'll buy you a, you know, 60s to 70s era bungalow with a probably double detached garage, if not a single, you know, good size yard, everything else like that. Finished basement, probably three bedrooms up, two bathrooms, that type of thing for 300 grand. Well, your down payment's 15 to 20,000 bucks. So, you know, a young couple can easily do that. So, so, can do so that. what jobs would they have though? That's what I was wondering. What the yeah. heck are they working on? Regina is a government town itself. Uh, we've got obviously the seat the of the provincial government here. You've got a lot of federal jobs here. The RCMP base is here. So you've got a lot of federal and provincial and municipal employment opportunities. And then, of course, a lot of this is also the spinoff of the mining sectors, of the agriculture sectors, those types of things. So, so, but who's bought, so these, I guess the executives of the companies are buying the houses. Like, anybody can buy a house. Yeah. Anybody can buy a house there. What the fuck is going on, TK? $50,000 a year and they can afford to buy a house. Is there stuff leaking out of my brain? My head's exploding here. I don't understand this. You can't even, can you replace a house for those prices there? Like, can you, how much is that empty lot? Uh, it's tough to find empty lots unless you're in the periphery, the subdivisions of the city. Uh, yeah, it would be tough to replace for sure. And some we of that, gotta go, so, we got to go TK. We got to take a trip out to Saskatchewan, man. This is fascinating. It may be cold here. It may be a little quiet, but you know what? You can afford to go take a vacation somewhere. You can travel. You can not be house broke. Um, you know, I had a, a family that moved here from Langley and of course the price differences are substantially different in Langley versus here. And, he was California, Langley, OBC, OBC. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, him and I were chatting in the car one day and he goes, you know, I really like it here. The people are extremely friendly. Uh, there's lots of job opportunities. The average income is quite strong in Regina and your house prices and cost of living is very low. And I said, yeah, I know. Don't tell your friends. I don't want them to know about it. Right. Yeah. Well, so vacancies, this is crazy. vacancies then. So that means that there's not a lot of vacancies right now in these apartments. Vacancy rate is higher. We are probably higher. about six and a half to seven percent. So yes, it is on the higher side. Okay. That has right. been trending down. That's trending down. That's yeah. what I want to know. Because as an investor, that's what you're looking at. And CMHC underwrites deals in Saskatchewan yep. hard. Yes, they, they do. do not take it lightly in Saskatchewan, Daryl. Like no, you're it's talking about, be like Calgary and Alberta, right? No, like, Saskatchewan's they they're very strict in their worse. underwriting. High vacancy, high you know yep. uh, management costs, high everything. So they're really making sure that you know this deal is going to be safe for them to to underwrite. It's uh, you, so, sorry. Do you, do you feel yeah. like the economy like really starting to pick up? Like the wheat farmers must be like looking for people and like machinery and. Like yep. it must be getting crazy there. Potash too. Like air, all that stuff must be, where, where are they selling it to now? Well, the world, the Saskatchewan provides two things to the world, food and energy. And we have learned it's very good quickly place that to food be. and energy are two very yeah. important industries. Um, I wish that all levels of government appreciated how important food and energy security were, but uh, this is the, the situation we're in. So we got to work with it. But I do feel very confident with our economy. We're commodity-based, so we still will have ups and downs. When things turn, and they will, we will see a downturn in our economy. It's happened in the past. It'll happen again. Mm. 
that you're so, a breath so, of fresh air. Wow. Hey? Like I, when we I, talk to the Toronto Realtors, it's just doom and gloom every, I, every I, moment. My, you should see my list of questions. And it's like, <laughs> it, none of none of them makes sense for Saskatchewan at all. Oh, so, yeah. so I, okay. So I'm confused. So you did a video a little while ago saying like realtors hate this kind of a market or I hate this kind of a market. <laughs> and, um, it sounds to me like you're not in the market that you're really talking about because like, I don't even know what planet you're talking about right now. I mean, like, writing an offer with so conditions? Foreign. Conditions, <laughs> forget about it. That's insane. And we're going to talk about that later with BC's new, new, new legislation. Yep. Um, no, just like everybody's complaining about affordability, but it seems to me, at least for now, before us Ontarians come and fuck it all up for you, yeah, pretty it's much super affordable there. And not only that, that the pricing is in line with wages, which is like, yep. yeah. like, a, which a is miracle. why interest rates aren't a threat, right? Here, interest rates are such a big threat for us because everybody's stretched out, right? The, the, the cash at the end of the month is so small, you can't tolerate any fluctuation in interest rates. Where in Saskatchewan, it's, it's a lot uh, easier, 4%, no problem. What's the average yeah. income? Uh, average income, household income in the city of Regina is about 105, 110. It's crazy. Yeah. Very strong. Yeah. And so what's the percentage of renters, sorry, renters versus ownership in Saskatchewan? I wouldn't know that. I know that ownership is high for sure in Saskatchewan. I think I saw a number in Regina. It was about 75%, which would not surprise me. Ownership? Higher than ownership? Ontario. Yeah, yeah it's higher. higher. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me, you know, because a affordability and two, there's a, I got, I'll call it a cultural kind of social thing. Ownership is important. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. a lot of people that originally founded this province coming here specifically because it was the only place they could buy and get land. You know, yeah. community. And that attachment to ownership is very important. The, the attachment to land is very important. Uh, in fact, you probably wouldn't even believe this if I told you I'd have to show it to you. But if you buy a house in Regina, some of the older neighborhoods, you will get the mineral rights with the house. Now, they're mm. non-producing, but you will get attached to your title. Sounds good. Rights. It, it feels good. Where it's extremely unique. <laughs> no, but it's super important, cool. actually. Think about it. Like here, our house is an economic driver because of the appreciation of the land value that goes up yep. at, by a manipulated system, Right. You guys, you actually derive real value from the land there, right? Like all the value comes out of the land, isn't in the land, right? If that makes any sense. That is a yeah. huge distinction. But now that I'm hearing more, I'm thinking it's not the best place for an investor because who's going to rent the place that I buy there if they all <laughs> want to buy and can afford to also? Yeah, I mean, there's still we're not going to Saskatchewan anymore. <laughs> no, think about it. No, I, I, I'm going to go to bat here for Saskatchewan. You've got a high interprovincial uh, net migration right now to Saskatchewan because people from BC and Ontario can't mm. afford anywhere else, Need and they can't afford first. to build houses in Saskatchewan. They can't start building new places for people, and it's actually going to drive ownership down the percentage of ownership down over over time if the economy only because they can't get a house. Tell me if I'm wrong, Matt. Tell me if I'm wrong. Because more and more people, young people, will be forced at the bottom to do to go into rentals. They're not building any more places. I think it's a great place for, for people to invest. And, and everything else that Matthew's talked about is also good, strong economics for, for uh, the economy. So for me, it's, uh, I think it's a great place to invest. This it's is like not the, the guys you know, that want to do the Burr model, for example. I think that's very challenging here. Mm, because we yeah. don't have the crazy price appreciation that I feel is needed to make that model make sense. Yeah. Uh, and Regina is maybe a little more unique than say Saskatoon, Regina, because it's so heavily government influenced, it tends to cut the tops, the peaks off and the bottom of the troughs off. So a little more stable in terms of slow price appreciation. Um, mm. But I feel very strong about our economy in general and our province because yeah, you look at the prices in Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, which is where 50% of new Canadians originally moved to, uh, that becomes challenging to buy a house there. It becomes challenging to rent a house there. And Saskatchewan has tried very aggressively to attract new Canadians. And one of the big pitches is affordability. You can get here and you can get established fairly easily and you can afford to buy a house and 
you know, you can have the rest of your family come. If maybe only one or two people had come here originally, you can bring in your extended family, you know, those types of things, just again, because of our affordability. There's one reason that new Canadians don't want to move to Saskatchewan. <laughs> it's cold. Well, thank you. <laughs> That's the that number one. Is it Way that much colder? colder like what's colder time. than here? Like what does colder even feel like? Uh, you ever felt minus 40? I think we have, haven't we? For, for like a month straight, Daryl? Before wind chill? <laughs> Is it like minus 40 before wind chill? Because we definitely yeah. feel minus 40 with a wind chill. A day regular. Do, yeah. We'll get minus 50s with wind chill some days. Oh my goodness it's gracious. Bad. There's days where you just stay home. And and we don't get the, the Chinooks like Calgary gets, for example. It stays cold, especially like this year was a brutally cold winter. Uh, you know, I bet we went the better part of 30 days in a row without seeing air temperatures above minus 30. Think about that, Daryl. So think it's about that. What do you do for a month when it's minus 30 every <laughs> single that? day or worse? It's our What's own version the... of lockdown. Yeah. What do right. you do? I was going to say, you must have to like stay at home for a month. You get used to it. Everybody goes to work. The buses still run. Kids yeah. go to school. You just get used yeah. to it. So if you're in the grain or wheat or like one of these crop industries, what do you do during that time when you can't grow crops? That's your downtime. So your yeah. summers, your spring, summer, fall are extremely busy. Uh, you know, like we'll start seeding here fairly quickly once everything warms up or I don't know, probably 30 to 45 day, days away from starting to seed. And that's an extremely compressed, busy time for them. You know, it's not uncommon. You look out in the field at 10 o'clock at night and during harvest time, and they're still cutting stuff down. And, and so what? It's like they're teachers in the off seasons. They just, they made well, enough money the rest of the farmers, year. That's what they do. Yeah. They, they, they have that seasonal work, right? PK. They knit sweaters or something, Daryl. I'm Jewish. I'm Jewish. What do I know? We have farmers farming? all over. There's farmers, <laughs> farmers everywhere, right? But so, I'm asking, so, what the hell do they do in the off season? Now, farming well, is only about 10% of our economy, give or take, it's really? of our GDP. It's about 10%. Mm -hmm. It's not like everybody farms. Ah. So, so how, is, how is interest rates? Okay, let's get back onto our real estate yes. okay? yeah, so in Interest rates. You guys, interest rates are going up, right? Yep. How, how do you feel about that? What, what is your take on the rising interest rates, which are going up? We all know that. Yep. Uh, I think for the guy who says, I need to buy a house because I need it. I've got an expanding family. Um, I've made the decision. It's better for my livelihood that I buy a house. I don't think it changes their mind in terms of, oh my God, I'm not going to buy a house now, or I can't afford a house. You know, stress has started qualifying on five and a quarter anyway. So it's not like they can't afford. If they, they were qualified 30 days ago, they're still qualified today. Mm -hmm. But um, obviously the investor market, that starts to change things for them. Because now your cash flow equation changes a whole bunch. So yeah, I think it doesn't impact those guys a lot. The, the guys that are just buying for their families, I, I think if anything, they might go, okay, instead of spending 350, I'm gonna spend 300 now instead. Yeah, I think that's that's exactly what it is, is you know, going for cash flow or even just to be able to whatever your your outlook is for the investment, having that higher interest rate, which went from I'm dealing with one guy right now where he was making an offer on a property last year. He was able to get a sub 2% mortgage yep. rate. And now it's going to be closer to 4%, give or take. Yep. So and that changes that cash doubling. Yes, doubling. So when, when I'm saying, you know, how come you don't want to pay more money or as much money as you did last year, the market's up. He says, it doesn't matter. He says the interest rates have gone up. So the market is not, uh, you know, tied to the interest rate in the in the uh, principal residence market, the end user market, as much as it is in the uh, investor market. But it's yeah. very different in Saskatchewan than Toronto, because in Toronto, you're borrowing a million dollars. In Saskatchewan, it sounds like maybe you're borrowing 250, right? And I, I looked at it with my a, house. Every quarter point cost me $560. I'm on variable $560 a year. I don't care about 560 bucks in a year. Obviously not a year. Yeah. it's not going to change my life. And even if that goes up five times this year, okay, 2,500 yeah. bucks for the year. That's not yeah. going to make me not be able to afford my house in any right. shape or form. Here in Toronto, you're adding 500 bucks a month. Yeah. So yeah, it's, I, I think, yeah. for a guy who's owner occupied, they're just, you know, they want to raise their family, have another kid. I don't think it dramatically changes. Yes, of course, 
it's going to make them think about it. They're going to maybe change their price point. But if you're having your third kid and you only have a two bedroom house, you're going to buy a bigger house. You just might change the neighborhood or the price point. Now, I think just based on everything you've said today, so the whole point of them, the Bank of Canada raising interest rates is to cool inflation. That's their goal. Yeah. It's actually going to work in their favor to cool the housing market because that's part of the CPI, right? So yeah. when they look at how can I lower the, the official inflation rate by making housing more affordable, it actually helps them. And so that looks like they're doing their job a lot better, right? So interest rates we know need to go up. It's going to prevent us from having inflation run out of control. There's a lot of parts of the uh, economy and population where inf inflation really affects people negatively. You guys are commodity-based in Saskatchewan, right? Yep. So inflation right now is helping. It's a great thing. Yeah, sure. It brings in more revenues because of our commodities. But at the same time, you know, you look how much fuel costs and taxation, which is hurting us. You look at, for example, if you're going to dry grain this fall because you had a wet uh, harvest, how many tens of thousands of dollars they're going to spend in drying their grain just because of taxes, it starts making business unaffordable. I know farmers that spend fifteen dollars and $20,000 just in carbon tax to dry grain. Well, if they don't dry it, they can't sell it. It's no good. They need to do that. And these additional costs are killing them. Plus, in, on top, I mean, all of us in real estate, that's all we think about is mortgages. But the, the, the Bank of Canada rate affects loans for businesses yep. as well. So all of these guys have to gear up on their machinery and maybe need a loan to help keep payroll going. And, you know, those rates are up and their line of credits are going up. Like, yep. it, it, it definitely affects the bottom line considerably. Now, it's now, a killer. It's a silent killer. So, so what, what I want to just kind of move on to right now, because it's Saskatchewan based, and I think maybe interest rates have an effect on it. I don't know. You must have heard this story about the company that just went belly up recently here. Uh, yep. 500 homes affected, 10 million yep. stolen from investors, Epic Alliance. So yep. what effect Maybe you want to talk about it, give a little background, and then maybe tell us what effect it's having on the market right now. But my one of my questions to you and to everybody out there is like, how the hell did a quarter point first raise from the Bank of Canada affect this company? Like, it can't possibly be that, in my That's opinion. That's not what it was. Yeah, tell me what's going on here. Okay, so let's talk quickly about what it was now. I've also got to be very careful what I say because this is all going through the courts right now. Um, not everything is out and you got to be careful what you say, because again, we're, we're trying this in court in some cases here. Basically what Epic Alliance did was they would go to investor and say, give us a hundred thousand dollars to buy a house. We will buy a house in uh, predominantly in the, the tougher neighborhoods of Saskatoon. That's what they operate with Saskatoon. They would spend, buy this house for a hundred thousand dollars. They would say in six months, eight months, I'll give you a 12% return. We're going to take your money to buy this house. They would then fix it up then they would flip it out to another pool of investors. So investor A spent his hundred grand, got his 15% back. Yeah, that's the types of houses they Beauty. were buying. Um, get his 15% back. They would then do a little bit of renovations to it. And essentially they would then flip it back out to a, another pool of investors. So if they made 20% of the money, they would keep the difference, give the 15% to the first investor. The second investor, they would sell it to them but as well, that investor had to go through their hassle-free lender or landlord program, sorry. And they would lease it as an Epic Alliance would lease it from that investor with guaranteed monthly returns. So, okay, we'll guarantee you $1,200 a month in rent. Guaranteed. Whether that Epic Alliance made money the or not. flag right there. So mm -hmm. what ended up happening was a couple of things. One, they didn't always do as much renovation as was necessarily said that was done. Uh, it was really interesting that no matter what, there was always an appraisal and evaluation done on the house after the renovations were done. And it always was more than the return. It was promised. So, okay, sounds a little sketchy to begin with. Uh, oh, at one point, know. though, really what killed them was they had a 50% vacancy rate. I don't know a single oh. business that can run on 50% vacancy rates. Yeah. And so it had nothing to do with interest interest rates. This company was in trouble long before interest rates changed. Uh, they guaranteed rents and they had too high a vacancy. Their operating costs were too high and the thing just fell apart. 
See, nobody dun, dun, wants dun. to rent. But there was nobody that wanted to rent, obviously. There was no demand they for were, No, they were, were they not they, even trying? No, they couldn't they couldn't rent them because they weren't fixed up. They weren't in the condition to rent them. They weren't well, thought they were supposed to fix them up because oh. taking money out of the business. This is in, in another situation. I'm not talking about this particular company, but if a company was running a Ponzi scheme, if a company was not this company yep. and they took that money that they were collecting from other investors, right. Instead of funding the actual homes that they should be renovating and supporting and all that kind of stuff, they turn it into more returns for other investors instead. So they can bring in more investors because everyone says, yeah, yeah, I'm getting my returns. Everything's great. Right. And so you keep on pushing the, the envelope as far as you can yeah. and renovating the houses would be in, in that type of situation. If that was going on, renovating needless the house cost work would work against your, your, your plan. Right. So it, they also um, specialized in very high crime, low value neighborhoods that are in themselves undesirable and prone to having high upkeep and maintenance costs. So that is what really hurt them. Put that, put that on the business card. I specialize in high crime, undesirable neighborhoods. Yeah, if you look at where they- <laughs> You know what? Buy. People will invest. Yes, people will definitely invest. Hey? Oh guaranteed returns, right? If you guarantee yeah. some returns, how could you not? Um, yeah, gone. you know, but great like, on the sales they had three million dollars in promissory notes out. Yeah, they were they were great on the sales side. They were they were able to bring in investors. This is very common. There's a lot of we've had a guy on the show who's you know teaches this as a course. There's a lot of great reputable investors who use promissory notes and others sometimes secured funds and different things that are great and they run a great business. But you got to do your due diligence. So if you're listening yeah. to the show and you want to invest with somebody, absolutely don't don't shy away because there's tons of tons of LP agreements that you can get in with great investors who know what they're doing. There's a ton of, there's a ton of people out there who know their stuff, but you have to really peel the onion and, and understand what it is exactly. And if it sounds too good to be true, if it's guaranteed, if the returns are way higher than everybody else, most likely it's, it's too good to be true. So and I, I'm imagining that they weren't like cleared by any like authority. Yeah, like there was no oversight on this company, right? This is just it actually had a cease order and continued to trade. Yeah, exactly. And last time I checked, judges really don't like it when you go against orders like that. Oh, yeah, pretty consistent, <laughs> pretty consistent in the legal system, right? Yeah, what a, what but that's, a, that's amazing. Amazing that they could amass 500 homes though before I actually it think it was 700. Apart. Was it more than, yeah. more than reported? Wow. Wow. So here's my question. And this is the main thing here is what do you think this will do to the market in Saskatoon? Is this a big enough? Because a lot of these are owned by out of province investors. So it's not like they're going to go power of sale, right? These people are, they own the homes for a hundred grand, whatever. They'll just have to hang on to them or, you know, maybe they'll sell them, but is, is there going to be a bunch, of, a bunch of listings that flood the market? Is this going to cause any major downturn? It's What's a normal of, amount of inventory on the market there? I'll pull up my numbers right now and I can tell you. Uh, but Saskatoon typically at this time of year, so I'm just actually doing my numbers for my monthly update. They should see somewhere in the neighborhood of about 1,800 listings on the market. I haven't seen, actually, here we go. I got Saskatoon's numbers. I got to fill in. They should have 1,650 listings. They got 980 right now. Whoa. So okay. listings, so, are, so even this if all of them come to the market, the market. It just brings, it, brings it to a, a normal month. Yeah. yeah and that's going to be, even if all of them did, it's, going to be very focused on a that neighborhood and b that price point uh, yeah. for those hot markets you know again for us 400 ish is very very attractive and very hot right now there's no impact because a guy looking at that house ain't looking at the hundred thousand dollar house so it exactly. is going to have zero impact Apparently nobody's that. looking for those houses that's uh, why they bought them all <laughs> <laughs> what yeah a crazy what a craziness i can't even believe it so okay so like the next article I wanted to bring up was that BC policy, but I'm first wondering, do you get, does anybody make a firm offer in Saskatchewan? I try to think of the last time I wrote an unconditional offer. I've been in the business for 12 years. And I think the answer to that is zero. zero. Um, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Uh, even, you know, like the other day I was competing against nine other offers, which us is a lot. That's a lot of offers for us. Full conditions, financing, inspections, everything like that, 14 days. So, oh, I mean, it's normal. a good thing. It's a good, it's shocking to us, right? Because we were the wild, 
East, I guess we should call it, but we're the, yeah. we're the wild, uh, <laughs> well, it the only, wild uh, kingdom, but. It happens here though, like in waves, right? Like sometimes there's periods where there isn't firm offers. I mean, that's not a, like ridiculous. Sometimes yeah. there's, you know, the need for only firm, firm offers. offers. Like I'm talking like for a long time now, the most, the mo yeah, the most I think I had in the last two years would have been like 28 offers or something like that on the property, all firm. Yep. So, so, so this is weird here. What they're introducing, it's a cooling period, which they have not determined the length of. They got uh, no details on. I tried to do some research on it yesterday. There's nothing. And I get any details. Give us there's your thoughts. Give us your here. thoughts. Let's but hold on. Let's let, let me let me just give the background. So, so there, okay. there, there's a cooling off period, um, and then there's a backing out period. Which I mean, it, this is not a firm offer anymore. Right. Nope. So, so, so this changes the entire dynamic of the purchase process. This is not just, okay. Like, like, how do you, why wouldn't you go give out a firm offer at the highest price and see what happens, you know, over the next five to seven days, if there is no penalty, but they're talking also about there being some kind of a penalty for backing out of the deal. So. All right. Let's let Matthew give us some thoughts here. Okay. Yeah, I think the, the devil's going to be in the details on this one. Um, you know, if, for example, if it's optional, if a buyer can waive it, well, we haven't really done anything because everybody's just going to waive it anyways. Um, you know, what is the cost to back out? How long is the time Ooh, frame? Right, I mean, waiving it. You can waive it instantly. Yeah, like, so it's going to be what happens in the details here. Um, I would almost rather it be instead of a cooling off period, I don't know, maybe we'll call it a warming up period, but say 14 days prior to all offers being in, that's when you're able to go do your inspections, all that kind of stuff. Now, that also doesn't give you the opportunity to secure financing. So it's not a perfect solution, but then you're not tying up a property for 14 days that maybe you're not really serious about buying. Um, at the end of the day, all of this is Band-Aid solutions for the bigger problem. And that is far more demand than supply. And you can put as many Band-Aids on it as you want, you're not solving the problem. No, we are definitely not solving. I, I've put it out there a few times that it's not even possible to solve this problem. Um, what do you think? Like, what do you even, is there a problem in Saskatchewan? Well, uh, obviously we still have, even with very strong demand, everybody is writing for the most part, conditional offers because Yes, our market is strong. Yes, we're seeing segments that are very hot, but there still is enough supply versus demand that a buyer can do so. And the seller has to accept that that, that is the way business is going to be done. Um, you know, again, do unconditional offers happen? Yes, they do. Do I see them as a regular occurrence? No, I haven't written one myself, I don't think, in a decade um, or, you know, my entire career. And even in multiple offers that I'm writing, which is the vast majority of my offers are, I'd say probably 85% of my business is multiple offers. We're still writing full conditions on it. So Good. yeah, there, there's so enough. It doesn't affect, yeah, it's a provincial policy. So it's not going to be something that would affect Saskatchewan. They definitely don't need it. BC well, always seem to be the leader in these weird little things. They, they like test the them out there. Foreign yeah. buyer tax before they're, you know, they've had all these different things because this is my theory on it. And then I want to dive into some of the points. This is my theory and I might be wrong. I might be wrong. There is a lot of, there's a lot more foreign investment in BC than there is in other provinces. 100%. And I think that the people who are in the provincial power are influenced by the locals a lot easier. And they are trying to find ways to make it easier for locals to buy real estate. So they're always coming up with these ways to try to basically uh, protect the people who are, you know, native or are, you know, long long-term Canadians, not the new Canadians or the foreign investors and stuff like that too. I feel like that has that's heavily involved here, right? And we've got three levels of government that each control a part of the process that none of them communicate effectively and in many ways have three differing goals of what they want to achieve and what's put forward to them from the voters to achieve. You know, the federal government's obviously much more focused on growth and national policy uh, versus the provincial and municipal governments. And at the end of the day, the municipal governments control for the most part zoning laws and, you know, are much more micro focused, whereas you've got a federal government that's macro focused. And, you know, they've talked about some of the things they want to do at the federal level. And yet that's provincial legislation. So how are you as a federal government going to go in and make all these policy changes when it's 
provincial jurisdiction. It's, it's very confusing mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is nothing other than, uh, you know, some, some political snafu and, and there's going to be some, some, you know, dancing around whatever it is that they're going to do here to make this sound a lot better than it is. Like Big so first, low substance. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. So for, first of all, how are they going to, um, allow people like, can they, can you waive the legislation? Can you just say, look, I choose not to go within the act of da, 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 da. So now it's completely defeated. It makes no sense whatsoever. If it becomes Two. optional, it's useless. Exactly. Two, if the penalty is too small, then buyers just go and write as many offers as they want unconditional. And they tie up all these properties and decide the, the ones that they want. If the penalty is too big, then a normal buyer with good intent who just wants to do a home inspection and wants to buy the property firm, he doesn't care, he loves the property. He now has to take the risk because when he goes and does the the property, let's say there's a legitimate issue, he can't get financing or the home inspection uh, fails, right? So now all of a sudden he's like, do I really wanna make an offer on that property because I gotta pay 10 grand if the home inspection doesn't come back. So now it it hinders that process as well, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. it. there's no perfect solution to this. Um, and I did a, a video on this talking about kind of three different models of, of solutions. And I don't like any of them perfectly. I think they all have merits to them. But yeah, we're in this problem of no solution is perfect. At the end of the day, in my mind, a perfect solution is where there is a, enough market balance that we're going to conduct business where people will make offers and there will be 10 or 14 days to go through and do your inspections. And if you find something, you're going to try to negotiate on that if you still want to buy the house. And if you don't want to buy the house, you're going to walk away and you're going to buy something else. I think it was easier when they were just allowed to take their sword out of its sheath and cut the guy's <laughs> head off for being a dick. For ripping them off. Right? I mean, we got to go back to them that. off. We need to go back to the, the old the legal- sword system. The legal term the is ca- caveat emptor, right? Buyer beware. And you look there at, are, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're the guest. Go ahead. Um, you look at weird. Ontario and, and Vancouver. We'll take Toronto and Vancouver specifically. There is foreign buyer taxes. There's land transfer taxes. There's all, I'll call them ticky tax solutions. Hold to, on. There's no land transfer tax in Saskatchewan? Zero. <laughs> And their what? government survives without the extra income? Sorry, technically, there's, what? What? There's, a land title, there's a registration fee. I think it's 500 bucks. It's so little, I actually don't know how much it is. So, yes, there's no land transfer tax in Saskatchewan. There's also I'm no land transfer here. tax in Alberta and Manitoba and good chunks of the Maritimes as well. So, just an interesting little tidbit there. But what a rape so we don't have any of these taxes. We don't have any of, I'll call them ticky-tack uh, proposals for legislation and rules and things like that. And yet real estate continues. We have some of the most affordable prices in the country or the most affordable prices. Even in a hot market, we're still writing fully conditional offers and things like that. It, to me, it boils down to such a simple concept, supply and demand. We are far more balanced than the rest of the country, even though we're hot. And so as such business and the market functions relatively normally. I love Saskatchewan. It sounds, I know it, sounds, it sounds like such a great starting place. to love. We need to change these pictures in the background. Something <laughs> has to be Saskatchewan. This is the perfect scenario. You're in Ontario. You've made a gazillion percent return on your initial investment from buying the house in the early 80s, right? You or or six a, months ago. That too. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you, you buy a place in Florida, right? Or somewhere warm that you enjoy. You move to Saskatchewan. Yep. You live in Saskatchewan nine months of the year. You spend three months in a warmer climate. You live a perfect life. Follow me for more life solutions. Look at this. I'll give you the example of a client who moved in from the West Coast. They took a job here. They gave me their budget and it was going to be well in excess of what they needed. So they said, we'd prefer not to spend more than 700, I think is maybe it was 750. And you're like, I do you know. want one or two houses? And I kind of chuckled at <laughs> By them. The mall. I, said, I don't think you're going to need to spend that much guys. What you have described, I think we can find for between five and $600,000. And they laughed at me. I actually don't think they believed me when I said that. And I said, well, come on out, take a flight out here. I'll drive around. I'll show you what's up. And we're driving around. They go, those must be a million dollars. I'm like, nah, no, probably six or 700, you know, that type of thing. End of the story, they bought a brand new bungalow in a bedroom community of Regina. They spent 
a little over $500,000 for about a 1500 square foot bungalow with a triple attached garage, no finished yard, no finished basement, but that was actually appealing to them because they could do what they wanted. Their house that they sold in BC sold for twice that. So they were able to walk in and buy a brand new house in cash and have all the money in the world to finish the basement, the yard and go on a trip. And mineral rights. No, you wouldn't give me no rights out there. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. We don't have bedroom communities in the GTA, right? It's like, there's just so much What's industrialization. That? It means there's not many jobs there. People just live there and they travel in for, for work, right? Yeah. So I, I, I am so blown away by the, the gigantic difference in the same country. Yep. But I guess that's like in the Midwest of the United States well, compared to take- like... Vancouver and Toronto out of the equation. Let's just pretend those two cities don't exist. And I get that's a substantial part of the population. It's also not the center of the universe as much as people like Toronto like to think it is. Um, Drop those two cities out and the benchmark price in Canada, I believe drops $250,000. It drops $250,000? Drops $250,000. Drops $250,000? Yes. So from going from $750,000 to about $500,000. Oh, okay. In, In total, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would. I would. I would have thought it was more. <laughs> no. Yeah. You pretend those right? two cities. And again, I get it. That's a large percent of the population. What's the GTA? Six, seven million, and Vancouver, Lower Mainland's probably three. So you know, you're yeah. talking eight to ten million people of a country of thirty-seven. That's a substantial yeah. number of people, but it's also not most of the country. There's a majority of the take out cities. Take out BC and Ontario, though. Oh yeah, it's a totally different ballpark. Are you talking now about you're BC? like two fifty average. I don't want to go that low. I bet you before. 400 yeah okay because because even on ontario the places like london and kingston and Barrie, niagara like these places were always like honestly you might as well move to saskatchewan yep right like and at one point right it was that and now they are ridiculous it is crazy we've we've seen an increase in those price points um in some areas over 100 percent. some of the areas have doubled in the last two years when I talk to people and a lot of people call me and say they're looking to buy in, in different centers and they talk about, you know, their incomes. And then I talk to agent center and say, okay, I've got a buyer that's interested in buying in your area and here's their budget. And they have to tell me they can't buy anything or they're going to get very little or they're not going to get what they want. And it, it, it hurts because I think about that and go, what they could buy here you know, is almost the sky's the limit for the most part. And so I think that's part of also it skews. I know it does. It skews my outlook and opinion on real estate because I'm from a province where essentially anybody with a reasonable income and for sure a couple with a reasonable income can buy a pretty nice house and they can get started. Are they going to buy the big monster mansion? No, but they can buy a house, not just a condo, a house and Mm -hmm. start to raise their family, build some equity, live in it for five to 10 years, sell it and get to the bigger house. So so I put out a question to Twitter a couple of days ago. Yep. And I got some interesting responses. So the question was, is you're all asking for affordable housing. What is affordable? Somebody give me a target, right? What is actually affordable? And some, I guess some fairly astute people did some math and they came up with, you know, based on incomes, a price point of like three, four hundred thousand. Yep. And it seems to me that I guess people in Saskatchewan aren't sitting there crying about an affordability crisis at the moment. Right. No. So I think the answer to my question is not a number. It is a place. Yep. Right. Because Don't tell anybody. Keep it a secret, please. Well, but you know what? Well, I guess maybe Saskatchewan doesn't want more. Maybe they don't have the same diseases we have in Ontario of the, the need for more of everything. But I mean, I think, I think the that big economy, trucks in Saskatchewan. No, but people are going to go there and they're going to need more people there to keep up with world demand on all the stuff that they supply because like, what else is there right now? Right. You know, it's people have always told me or asked me, I guess it's better. Uh, well, don't you want more people to come? You're going to sell more houses and you make more money. Sure, I will. I would rather work in a market that is slightly appreciating and in a market where anybody who really wants to buy a house, you know, for the most part can. If you've got a reasonable job and you've got the ability to save some money for a down payment, and I look at it as to buy a house here, if you can save fifteen dollars to $20,000 and you've got a decent income, you can buy a house. And I like that. 
Because if you want to talk pure, just selfishly, if that house goes up 10%, I make 10% more. Great. If two people can buy houses, I make twice as much money. I would much rather that. If you want to talk purely financially selfish, I want two people to buy houses versus one. And so I like it in our market where, you know, a young couple, like the couple I just helped, well, a wife is a nurse, husband is still finishing school. They go and buy themselves a $320,000 house. Great little property. Absolutely love this house. And that's mm -hmm. on one person's salary. Yeah, that's great. Right. Amazing. And the salaries from my understanding, limited understanding, but if you were a nurse and you were working in Ontario and, and a nurse working in Saskatchewan, you would make less money in Saskatchewan, but what's a nurse make? Well, well, I'm assuming it's, it's a small amount, but just for my example, you would pay five times more for housing, right? Rent would be double, yeah. but you know, you're going to make maybe 10 or 15% less money uh, income wise. What does a nurse make? Daryl, what would you say a nurse makes? I'd say they'd start in the 60 to 70,000 and the experienced ones are making 90. We'd be higher probably for the most part. You probably started about 70 and a nurse with about four to five years under their belt will probably with a little bit over time be over a hundred thousand dollars. It's a supply demand thing. It's probably too. the same. I, I don't really know what I'm talking about. That's probably Our nurses similar. are paid well. So and so that's maybe yeah. a bad example. Um, yeah, my that's wife's probably nurse, that's why I know the incomes there. But uh, yes, like a, a position like that, uh, even if they make slightly less in Saskatchewan. Teachers. What about teachers? I know teachers. So what are teachers making? Uh, teacher here, you know what? I probably don't know that as well. I bet you you're going to start at about 50. And okay. you know, you're probably going to touch a full, you know, long-term teacher might get into the 90s. I could be incorrect on that, but it's probably the same as ours. 50 and 80, somewhere in there. Yeah. Long, long term, you're going to be making 90s. You know, you'll be, you'll potentially get into a hundred grand yeah. with inflation increases and all that stuff. And uh, you're starting around 50. So yeah. There's no way that okay. the, the, I mean, the, I'm wrong, the, yeah, but there's no way that it isn't a better lifestyle or at least a, a better, um, a more affordable lifestyle out there. There's zero doubt. Like your money's going twice as far out there. If not twice as far, like 90%. Now. Okay. Yeah. I think this is a great way to end the show. We're running out of time. There's been a wonderful Sorry, conversation. No, this is amazing. So, um, I think what I would like to ask you both, and I imagine very different answers uh, from where you both work. What does a Canadian real estate market crash actually look like? Take it away. Yeah, what does it. it look like from the Saskatchewan perspective? Because it's got to be different than Toronto. I have seen it, is what I like to say. Uh, prices, you know, again, citywide went down 25%. Very deceiving. We saw much higher levels of depreciation versus other areas. Uh, what does it look like? 25% is the, is the reduction in price though, is what you're saying? That was the citywide average. Um, but I lived it. I know what it's like to have to go into somebody's house and tell them you're going to lose money on this house and you sell it. You're going to have to write a check to sell your house. Not just the right to check to you know pay your fees, but you're going to have to spend more money than what your mortgage is to walk away from the house. And I've seen numbers, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars to sell their house to lose that kind of money. Um, I've seen what it does to economy. A lot of people will say, I get it in my comment section. I want house prices to crash so I can afford to buy a house. And my response is always, I hope you're very secure in your job because you don't see real estate prices crash without a significant economic impact. Yeah. And you're going to see significant job losses. You're going to see it be very difficult to make ends meet. It's not all of a sudden that prices will drop 50% and, oh, nothing changed in my life and I can go buy a house now. It's not the way it works. Um, it's painful. It is absolutely painful to go through that. So do I want to see that? No, I do not. Because I know how much of an impact that has on people's lives where a family cannot afford to move into a bigger house, even though they've got three kids now, because they'll have to write a check of $50,000 and then save a down payment for the next house. And so what year was this in the 25% reduction in price? That took eight years from 2012. What to year is it? 2012. And you just coming out of it now. We're not fully out of it. If you bought in 2012 in Regina, you still have not fully recovered. Now it's very close. Saskatoon is ahead now. Uh, and again, there's not many people that obviously bought at the peak and 2019 was the bottom. So if you bought exactly at that time and sold exactly that time, okay, yeah, you took a beating. Outside of that, it's obviously been shrinking every single day since then. 
I, and I echo a lot of that stuff too, um, that Matthew said. So the difference between a crash and a correction, I think correction is, you know, inevitable. It's always, the markets are always going to correct. We're always going to see things start to fall back onto, you know, trends that we've set over the last five, 10, 15, 25 years. So I believe that there's always a correction in, the, in, in, in sight, you know, every, every time that we, uh, uh, you know, sell more houses because that's just how markets work all the time. But a crash, crash. which is like 40, 50% or more, like, the, you know, these type of things, in, the only way that's going to happen is if you've got mass power sales, you've got mass bankruptcies, you know, everybody's just broke. In, the, in 89, when we had the crash here, I'm not sure how that impacted everywhere in Canada, but I know in Toronto, we had a lot of power sales. 2008 in the States, a lot of power sales. This is the only way that people are going to be willing because otherwise people are very financially secure right now. And why the heck would they want to sell their home for 50% less than they could have got? They'll just stay. They'll just, they'll just, they're not going to move. So unless they're bankrupt and the power sales have taken over the banks and now you've got all these power sales and the banks are just trying to recuperate their funds or writing off losses to get rid of them. Then people have to compete with those power sales that drives prices. That's not happening anytime soon. It's not happening based on unemployment, based on savings rates, based on delinquencies, based on bankruptcies, all those numbers are telling us that people are actually very financially secure right now. Interest rates will go up. There'll be some people who overpaid. There'll be some sort of correction now with the higher lending policies and, and, and everything else too, but um, crash isn't coming. And uh, if it did happen, we got bigger issues like Matthew's talking about than housing prices. Yeah, very much so. What do you think, mm -hmm. Daryl? I don't feel like I got answers, but thank you for your opinions. I appreciate it. I, I mean, I guess what you're saying is there's no way that there is going to be a crash. It, that's what I'm hearing. I don't know if that's what you said, because it was very convoluted and gray, but like 25, or maybe in Saskatchewan, 25%, that's tough because that takes a long time. But here that was a month ago, four months ago. We had a 15% correction, Matthew, in 2017, when they had that foreign buyer's tax come in and there were some yep. other measures that were introduced and stress tests and federally. Um, and that was a 15% correction. It was short-lived. And, you know, we, you know, some areas barely were affected. Other areas took about two and a half, three years to get back. Well, probably pandemic time in, in heavily foreign interested areas, you know, like uh, north of our city. Um, but, you know, other, other than that, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, a crash is, is just really, 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 really hard to paint that picture that we're going to start seeing time some major frame is kind of a, an interesting number because that's typically when you see corrections two mm -hmm. years to three years down the road, we're back on track of where we were. So for yeah. ours, that protracted eight year decline was very much an exception to the rule. And mm -hmm. that was difficult to work in that environment and have to go through that versus yeah. Okay if you bought the absolute peak and you sold the absolute trough two years later, that would be challenging outside of mm -hmm. that. Most people, I don't know if you wouldn't notice the blip in the road, but you know, it wouldn't be as impactful. Yeah. The 1989 crash was 12 years to get back. Yeah. That so was a had, long one. And that was a long protracted, yeah. you know, national recession. It wasn't like it was just a small regionalized thing. It was a significant, I mean, the, the country was in a very difficult financial position at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I, I think money works very differently now. And I think yeah. markets react very differently now. And they're much more liquid with like instant transfers and all of that kind of stuff. So I think it's going to be a really interesting time for everybody on the planet, every economy right now. I can't imagine a world where Saskatchewan doesn't boom like crazy in the coming years. Like, I think you guys are going to have some crazy appreciation and prices coming because it sounds to me like that's the answer to most people's problems. And especially the level of immigrants that we bring in their skill and education level. Like, I mean, how do you afford a million dollar place in Toronto? Yep. Like, right? Or how do you afford even like a basement apartment for 1600 bucks a month? And where the hell do you even work around here? Like, it sounds to me like there's every solution under the sun in, in 
warm, sunny, beautiful Saskatchewan. <laughs> Except for the sun. Except for the <laughs> three, sun. Months, three months it's, of the year. It is yeah, very right. sunny, actually. Even when it's minus 40, it will be very yeah. sunny. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. There's the there's the postcard. So, Matthew, let's just do a quick little plug for you. So, Bald Prairie Real Estate uh, YouTube channel. Uh, check it out. You've got lots of subs. You've got lots of videos. You're, you're updating regularly. Where else can people find you? Uh, so you can find me on Instagram and I, I'm not a big social media guy, but, uh, I think it's Matthew underscore Fife underscore real estate is my Instagram handle. Uh, I have the, um, ball Prairie real estate Facebook page, which I'm not as very active on it, but Instagram and YouTube, I reach out to all of you know, anybody who comments. I basically respond to every single comment on that channel. So that's a good way to get a hold of me. Um, I can shoot you guys my contact information as well. And you guys could put it in the description if people want to shoot me an email or give me a call type of thing. Awesome. awesome. Great We're channel. Great information. Very professional. He knows a lot about real estate, doesn't he? I've yeah, been doing it great, for a while. Great, great show for Great to meet today. you. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Maybe Thanks we'll for do this again soon. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'd love to be on again. Great to meet you. New on Curiosity Stream, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Kim Kardashian. Tycoons are in many ways the lifeblood of society. They are willing to put everything out there. They're willing to lose everything. See how the super elite use their money and power to shape our lives on Tycoons. Plus, from Japan's unbreakable super code to the algorithm mining your Bitcoin, we're breaking down the world's most famous encryptions on cracking the code. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com.